Hey, welcome back to Who is Netta? It's me, Netta. So today I just wanted to talk about type 1 diabetes. Um, And that's where the seed was planted to get where I'm at. At my blindness. And I'm just going to talk about like how it is having type 1 diabetes as a adolescent. And some of the things that could have been prevented and some of the things that um may help may not help any listeners um but here we go so i remember when i was around 12 um i used to use the bathroom a whole whole lot like a whole whole lot like literally i would walk from the bus stop and by the time i got to the door i'm like peeing on myself and i'm like oh my gosh what's going on i'm peeing peeing." and my mom knows so she takes me to the doctor um and i remember my blood sugar being like 323 and the doctor rushed us to the children's hospital got me some insulin and all that stuff and then it started the next day we started our meetings every day every day for like a week and mom was there i was there mom i remember her looking real concerned and sad but me i'm like oh this is temporary give me the new coloring books you know and then i quickly realized that it was not um temporary um at all (laughs) it it was not it didn't go anywhere um so i'm not gonna do day by day week by week but i do remember um you know mama being there you know we doing everything the doctor told us but mama had to go back to work so she trusted me to do it and i did it for a little bit and i didn't want to take shots no more and I didn't want to go downstairs for lunch and poke my finger in the morning. I got tired of it. I was tired of being different. It's like, oh, I'm different from everybody else. I don't want it no more. So I remember um, going a whole summer without insulin. I didn't feel no different. I was happy. I thought it was gone. When you think something like diabetes is is gone, you have not accepted the fact that you are diabetic because if i accepted that i was diabetic i would not have went (laughs) a whole summer without my medication so i came back to the doctor oh she i told her and she seen those numbers if she was my mama i would have been on the floor she was she was livid i'm like oh my she's mad she's turning red and again acceptance (laughs) what are you so mad for i'm here i'm not dead so i never went back to the doctor and mama told me to you know i went back every now and again mama told me to win i didn't want to go back no more i didn't want to be diabetic no more i didn't i didn't want of it i didn't want none of it i was fine you know i didn't feel anything nothing was going on it was times I went on and off about trying to be better, but having those low blood sugars turned me off too. Like, it feels so, I mean, if a diabetic, listen, you know, feel weak and draw, draw, you know, you feel so dragging. It's just, I don't like it. It's confusing. So, <laughs> another reason not to take medicine. Um, didn't accept the fact that this came with diabetes because I can't accept 
nothing that comes with something I haven't accepted in the first place. So um, that went on. That went on for quite some time. Um, Not understanding what was going on in the background, you know, which was my organs. Diabetes is is serious. It's serious. Um, So fast forward a little bit. I stopped taking my medicine often. Fast forward to 15. I started working at Wendy's. Oh, it went downhill from there. I had access to soda. I had access to Frosties, fries, chicken nuggets, and it was half off. You couldn't tell me nothing. And I remember turning 16 and the Mac Griddles came out. Now, why would they put syrup in bread? So, I still wasn't worried, but the Mac Griddles was good. <laughs> They're not too good right now. Um, but, you know, life went on and... It was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of um, boils. I got boils from um, my diabetes. I remember the one I had. It was so big. It hurt it so bad. It was on my, like, my left butt cheek. It was so big. And I remember the doctor coming in and he said, you came in right on time because it could have got ugly because the pus was near your muscles and your thigh." It was huge. It actually, I had still has a. It, it, it's a scar there, and it's still indented. But he looked back. He was like, he didn't say he he seen my numbers, and he was like, why should I care more than you? And I said, huh? He was like, your numbers, your your, you know, your your sugars numbers. He was like, how much do you care? And I was like, I'm here. And he just was like, okay, well, I'm gone. And I didn't think I'm gone meant much then until I'm gone was my words, you know. So that went on. Type 1 diabetes is absolutely a full-time job. It's hard. Carb counting. Poking. Shots. That is, it's hard. And it's hard. (laughs) It's no nothing in between it i'm glad they came out with so so many devices to help you know children and things like that but one key thing i want you to remember parents of type 1 diabetes children you have to accept it too you cannot be in la la land and not and be able to help your child you can't oh it couldn't be my child it can't be my child it is and you cannot say that for years. I can't believe it's my... It is. Stop saying that. You have to say, this is my child. I have to help or not. I can't believe this happened to my baby. Um, We got to stop doing that. It's, it's no more that we have to accept this stuff. And, you know, life went on. And I heard the doctor say, oh, Vanetta, you're going to be on dialysis. You're going to be... I'm like, I don't know what dialysis is. So, and this is like, like 20. Like, I was older. And I still was acting funky. Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know to take the time out to figure out what diet. I didn't even know what diabetes was when I got it. And to look up dialysis, it didn't seem that bad. Okay, dialysis, what, what's that? You know, blindness scared me a little bit, but I didn't believe it could happen to me. And that believing it can't happen to you, you're going to believe it happened to you. For real, for real. So, you know, time going, I was always up and down, bad, tried, I tried, and I didn't, and I tried. But when I got pregnant with my daughter, 
ain't never tried so hard before. I tell you, that baby came out healthy. Ten fingers, ten toes. My blood sugar was so good, you would have thought I wasn't diabetic. That is my baby. She'll be 13 soon. That's my baby. But once I had her, life went back to what it was. Just hard. Halfway poking and this and this. And it just just went on. And, um... It went on, and and I remember in 2000, the end of 2012, I was 26 years old, and I was working at Target, and um, my blood sugar still say, I don't know, like, I don't know what to say right now to you guys to say, why, why, I don't know, I don't know why, I just... I don't know deep down if I didn't care or if I still have it. I knew I didn't accept it because I want it. Who wants that? I want chocolate covered nuts is what I want. That's what I want. I don't want nothing to do with nobody else. So I did that. I ate and uh, this is what sparked it. I had went to get my nails done and my nail came off with the nail that I, you know, like the acrylic, I took that off and then my nail came off. So my nail was exposed and I remember like it was yesterday. Um this lady came and she was like, Hey, do you guys have HIPAA cleanse? Which is like if no one knows, it's like a sterile soap that um usually before you have surgery they ask you to wash your body with that the day before or you know to just keep your skin really clean. Okay. So this lady said, Oh, y'all got HIPAA cleanse? I'm sure I'll help you. So I handed it to her. She handed back. I handed her a different bottle. And I said, oh, what you need it for? You haven't told her? She said, no, I got MRSA. When I tell you, I looked at her sideways like, wait, what? And I was mad because MRSA is extremely contagious. Extremely contagious. I ran back there and I washed my hands, washed my hands. I was like, okay, I'm good. So one day... I, drank, I was still drinking a lot of water because I peed, I peed a lot, a lot still. Because my blood sugars were still out of control, still at 20, whatever, having to accept the fact that I was diabetic. Like, it's crazy. Like, it sounds like, girl, you're too old for that. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm telling you firsthand, you would not imagine how many people just never accept diabetes. It's a hard situation. So, um, I... Oh, man, shoot. It's like I want to go back. But then it's like, dang, I done did so much. Like, I don't want to go back. But anyway, so I was drinking water, and this girl asked me to go get her some water. So I'm bringing the water back to the pharmacy from the front. Like I said, I was working at Target. And I walked to the door. We had, I'm going to tell you, our pharmacist manager he was hot but we was like cool so i really didn't like him but he was hot stuff but anyway so i got back there and i remember he was checking somebody out and i stepped in and i put the cup on the on the seat and i passed out i was gone i was just like passed out and just trying to make it and i remember them saying my blood sugar was over a thousand my blood pressure was so high um i got to the hospital i remember my friend kissing me on the cheek because she always got cough drops in her mouth for 
winter and I remember her kissing me on the cheek and I don't know much I remember not getting up to pee I was there for like three days or so but guess what Vanetta um guess what I did I did not I did it for a couple of days and then I just I don't know I just I don't know why I didn't want I just really thought it'll go away I did not want type 1 diabetes to be a part of my life ever just why are you still here so um time went on let me fast forward because that's exactly what happened I was sick and um my kidney started failing you don't feel a lot of people say do it hurt no it don't hurt when your kidneys start feeling you don't it's nothing to feel but i was swollen like my face my blood pressure was high and i would just be my legs like elephant legs like i would have to go down the ramp i have to lift my feet into the car to drive like it was bad i was full of water full of full of water um <laughs> did that stop me no so um i went to the doctor i did i started doing better i started doing a little better but it's like um i was a day late and a dollar short type of situation so i remember going um to a new doctor i had in one of the city the city i was working in and she was like i need to call an ambulance and get you out to the hospital that you want and i'm like um no i gotta pick up my friend from work and she was like no you're not i told her i promise i pinky swear like i promise after i pick her up i'll go to the hospital and i went to the hospital and i went to the hospital and i lost my vision and i was on dialysis and i cried for dialysis because i hated seeing my blood go through those tubes Cause when I started, I still had a little vision, but after a while, I just kept having surgeries and dialysis and surgeries, so my eyes didn't heal the way they supposed to. So that's where the blindness came in at. Um, to get on the transplant, you have to have decent blood sugar. Well, you have to have good blood sugar, and that forced me to try more, harder. I did. I tried hard. I tried as hard as I can, and then I ran into this doctor his name was Dr. Farrell and he didn't make me feel like I was on punishment or I was like it, it, he was just such an amazing doctor and he will always say what can we do to make this better what can I do to help you and it was just such a different way of approaching a patient because like when you go to diabetic like when you go to the endocrinologist I think is the name if I'm wrong don't judge me it's like so why you do this why you do this and you just like oh first of all I'm grown second of all you know you get that attitude because when people ask you why 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 you get defensive like first of all when Dr. Farrell he it's like he had coaching him. He asked, like, what can we do? How can we do it? And I was more open to answer those questions because I didn't feel defensive of asking why questions. And he absolutely changed um, my outlook. And at 20, I think I was 20, what, what am I? I think at 29, I finally accepted 
that I was a diabetic. I accepted like, hey, Vanetta, Vanetta, Vanetta is it, Vanetta for short. You are diabetic and you want to be transplanted. You have to be diabetic. And I accepted it. I'm diabetic and I want to live. And I know what not accepting diabetes can do to me. So at that point, I accepted diabetes and I did everything I had to to become, to stay a candidate because I was I was recommended by one of the best surgeons in the hospital here. So I didn't have to go through a lot of hoops like everybody else. It was just, I love him. Dr. Johnson, I love you if you ever hear my podcast. Um, but yeah, it was, <laughs> I accepted it and I'm glad I did. So now um, I got, <laughs> I'm successfully transplanted. It'll be three years, September 14th. And I am no longer diabetic, and I'm no longer on dialysis, and I'm praying that these beautiful organs last with me forever. Um, But I'm going to try the best I can, try to still eat less sugar, and, you know, do what I got to do to be a great mom, sister, daughter, friend. They need me here, and I need them, so type 1 diabetics, type 2 diabetics, people that feel lumps under their breasts, people that see strings on their eyes, accept the fact that there's something going on, because there's something going on. Having strings hanging, that's how mine started. Having vessels hanging from your eye, no, not a normal situation. Um, You know, lumps, no, lumps of tissue, no. You can't ignore that stuff. Please don't ignore it. Go to the doctor. It's better to be proactive than reactive to anything. So this is more about Netta. Because on my channel, you learn all about me. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to try to cover as much as I can about my life. Because I'm hoping and praying that my journey through the things I've been through inspires you to not or will or don't do what you're supposed to do so motivation is what I'm trying to do inspiration is trying is what I'm trying to do inspire 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 so um this is me for tonight um my next episode I will be adding a happiness strategy at the end so that is that um i love y'all and i want y'all to be well and tell everybody i love them so they can come listen to my podcast so you guys have a good night